there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Rock, Rock, Rock and Roll podcast. Check out this record. My name is Frank, and with me is my good buddy, Mark. Hey, Frank. Hello, listener. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts, and you can see these mugs right here on the YouTube. That's right. But you might be asking yourself, when does this wonderfully charming little podcast get released so you can hear it sizzle? as it comes off the presses, as it were? It's a great question, thank you for asking. Fortunately for you, we drop new episodes each and every Friday for your listening, and as Frank mentioned, viewing pleasure. When you said sizzle, I thought you were gonna say sizzler, and I got really excited right there. <laughs> I can go for a buffet right now, dude. I don't yeah. know if buffets are gonna last after COVID. Do you think they will? No, no I think, no, I think they're done. I yeah. think they're done. And it's probably and- for the best. Absolutely. And yeah. speaking of Sizzler real quick, not to divert too much, but in 88, my mom fell in the Sizzler and oh yeah, it, it, she's okay. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't sue Pfft, oh. her loss. Anyway, yeah. I thought that's what I thought the D in Frankie D stood for dollar bill because yeah. your mom did the Sizzler and that's why there's the Sizzlers left, but she could own the Sizzler. Before. Could own a yeah, could have. <laughs> so listen, if you're hearing this for the first time, uh, then you're probably not annoyed with one of our past reviews. Uh, so welcome. Uh, we review uh, records track by track, and we have lots of musical discussions, and we do spotlight episodes, wink, wink, uh, which might even include some mysteries. And we've only scratched the surface, and we're just getting warmed up, right, Mark? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the oven's on, the, the surface has been scratched, and we're ready to go. You know, you really got to check out, and we're, we, we promise we're working on these, our verse series, where we'll pit two bands or albums or, or just ideas and concepts against each other and make them duke it out, like two professional boxers uh, trying to pay for a, a, a new toilet, uh, or total stereo domination. Man, that's a religious moment. I'm telling you. I've been working on it for like three days. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness. And as you heard, Mark's random nonsense. But if you have a record you want us to check out, just drop us a comment wherever you find us. On YouTube, if you comment, I'm going to reply back what records you want us to check out and uh, possibly review. Uh, Subscribe, rate, review. So I'm going to say this. Mark, are you ready for some face-to-face? Some? No. Oh. <laughs> nice. Now that I'm done talking like a caveman, we're going to literally cannonball uh, all the way through their entire catalog like a fat kid hitting the pool on the first day of summer. It's going to be, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it, Frankie. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and if you've listened to our previous Spotlight episodes on Rancid and Fugazi, uh, then you know what to expect. If you haven't, you're going to have a great time as we take you through the career of a band that I might say is a little underappreciated <laughs> question mark. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I think on the script, Frank has seven question marks right there. Um, <laughs> face, uh, has seen their share of, of adversity. Certainly uh, sometimes from within the band themselves, a little bit of infighting there and some of it, believe it or not with the audience. Um, but before we get into the, the albums and why they didn't uh and before we get into the albums and uh why don't you holy crap my brain um give the listeners a little background on the band there frank okay let's start getting into it so their beginnings can be traced back to southern california in the year 1988 anno domini mark and the singer guitar and guitarist trevor keith and bassist Matt Riddle. They've been friends since high school. After being in a short-lived metal band named Victoria Manor, they took a new musical direction, and in 1991, they became, Mark, what we're doing right now, face-to-face, my friend. Yeah. Yep. Talk, Victoria Manor is kind of a terrible name. I, 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 would lo- I would just love to hear what they sounded like. Oh, I got a feeling you don't. But maybe not, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you say that and then you hear it and you're going to go, I'm sorry, I asked for that. Yeah, sorry, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, they frequently played the OC, OC area uh, with bands such as Offspring, Guttermouth, Voodoo Glow Skulls. And in May of that year, they were offered a record deal with Dr. Strange Records. Everyone's heard of them. And in 92, we get their first album, Mark, Don't Turn Away. So 1992, Dr. Strange Records. So here are the facts, okay? There are three pieces this time. Trevor Keith, Matt Riddle, Rob Carruth. Uh, Face-to-Face actually assisted with producing this record. And Disconnected, 
we all know is a big song in their catalog and no authority were released as singles. Okay. So I'll give a little blurb about it, Mark, and then we'll get mm-hmm. your take on it. So this is one of two face-to-face records to be released as a trio. Uh, the production, listen, isn't overly great since it was on a small label, which at times um, can make it sound dated. However, this, it sounds tight. And and this is a record you can play from front to back and, and be pleased. It's a perfect mix, I think, of Husker Du meeting Social D, and it's a super strong debut. Uh, the songs aren't overly complicated. Hey, that's okay. They're fast, shiny, sharp, and the energy level is through the roof. Uh, Keith, um, from, from the beginning here, I always thought of, he, he has a very powerful voice. And to me, on a side note, he always looked like Mike Ness and uh, James Madsen had a kid. <laughs> and so it's the early 90s yeah uh, yeah and, and i could uh yeah i so i i don't know mr blonde the mr blonde character and mike ness they had a kid to be trevor keith i guess that's my point i'm getting okay <laughs> you dressed like that dude for a long time i realized that today when i had hair when you had hair and you would wear the bowling shirts oh my god yes i remember that shit Woo. <laughs> i still have one bowling shirt left anyway nice. uh um so listen, it's an early 90s punk classic, and I could see why. Um, and once the re-release came on Fat Rec, uh, Fat Records, uh, I, I can see why it's, why it's a vital cog in their catalog. Uh, has some really great tracks, Disconnected, No Authority, You've Got a Problem, Pastel, very strong debut. Mark, your thoughts, don't turn away. Yeah, I absolutely love this record. It's raw, it's earnest, and powerful. Uh, we have the same favorite tracks, believe it or not, Um it's a great length of a, of a record. Uh, yeah. The pacing on it is perfect. It really carries that that pre-pop punk sound of the early 90s um, that, that influenced so many bands. Just really fantastic. In uh, 1993, the band added uh, Chad Yarrow uh, as an additional guitar, and they began writing material for a new record. Uh, before, the, <laughs> before they recorded that material... They signed to, uh, uh, excuse me, they signed a recording contract with uh, Victory and AM Records. Um, after recording, uh, they released an EP in 1994 over it. And in 1995, we got Frank Big Choice. There you go. So the facts uh, we're now a four piece, right? We've got Trevor Keith, Matt Riddle, Chad Yarrow, and Rob Kruth. Uh, this is going to be the last record with Matt Riddle. Uh, re-released with Disconnected and uh, a little cover there, a little Descendants, some Bikeage. Um, and then Debt was uh, released as a single for this album. Um, you know, it's an amazing sophomore effort from this band, uh, especially considering uh, that this was their first major label and they took a lot of heat for that from their fans. Uh, you know, but you can hear them growing musically and lyrically feel a bit more mature as well as uh, maintaining that kind of pissed off teenage aesthetic that the band was uh, known for. Now I say teenage, they, they were in their twenties, but they carried that sound and it's easy to understand why uh, punk rock in, in the mid nineties really gravitated towards this band. Um, you know, when it comes to the title track, you get uh, why they picked it for this album. Uh, it's punchy and provocative. It's a great example of how Trevor works his life choices in song uh, and leaves it all out there for the listener to decide if he's done the right thing or if he's doing the right thing, if he's not, and and allowing the, the listener to really make up their mind on those. It's really, really quite um, well done and, and really interesting. My favorite tracks on this one uh, include uh, the song Velocity, Big Choice, Debt, and, uh, and A-OK. Nice, nice. Yeah, and we were talking too. It's crazy because you see this album and you're like, well, you really don't know what to expect, right? It's it, it's, it's a machine out in the field and, you know, it's one of those machines where you could, you know, what's the proper name for those, Mark? I, That's the claw machine, Frank. Yeah, it's a claw machine. Thank you. It's slipping my mind. Um, there you go. So you don't know what to expect. Listen, I like this album a lot. It has their twin guitar sound, uh, gives them a fuller sound. The production is I don't know. At times I sensed it was weird, but it's better than don't turn away. And, um, but it's still not there, but they're working towards it, which you could tell. I really like the song struggle sensible. It's not over. And not to mention, uh, this is the time where disconnected was actually featured, uh, in the movie tank girl towards the end. Uh, although not on the soundtrack weird, uh, it was great exposure 
for the for the band. So um, now the band continues to, to tour with the punk bands that we all know from the the nineties, uh, California, uh, you know, area. Um, and Matt Riddle leaves the band, which I believe is for no use for name. But Mark said it was Pulley first, right, and then no use for a name. Mm-hmm. Right. So he wrote songs with Keith. So much of this next album um, is now with help uh, with with new bassist Scott Shiflett. Yes. Brother of Chris Shiflett of the Foo Fighters. So here we go. Self-titled Face to Face released in September of 96 on A&M. Trevor Keith, Chad Yarrow, Scott Shiflett and Rob Kruth. I Won't Lie Down was released as a single and Shiflett collaborated on tracks with Trevor Keith. This is a fantastic album. I mean, to me, every song on it is great. It combines their songwriting and high production. It's something that still sounds good today. Um, it's a it's a great progression forward. They're getting really mature here. I Won't Lie Down, Ordinary, Blind, Resignation, Complicated. I mean, this album has it all. Mark, uh, your thoughts on the self-titled record? Yeah, dude, this, this might be the best of the best for Face to Face. I love the energy. And the tone, um, resignation, start by right. uh, as, as the opener, walk the line and blind are both absolute classic punk rock anthems. Um, I could keep literally doing this with every track on the record because I, I just started with the first three. I won't lie down. <laughs> Everything is your fault. Complicated. It, I could just keep doing it. Plus, I totally love the cover of Painted Black as the bonus track. It's awesome. Um, it, it's pretty awesome. This is, um, Frank and I are going to do our, uh, we're going to, list uh the face-to-face albums uh as we see them i think you you can pretty much guess based on our reaction right there this guy's going to be very high to the top if not the top for both of us spoiler Uh, yeah just uh (laughs) fantastic frank you ready to jump into ignorance is bliss hit me up do it yeah absolutely uh july 27th 1999 beyond um was the record label beyond um the same setup as last time. Oh, no, excuse me. Uh, different drummer. Uh, Trevor Keith, Chad Yarrow, Scott Shiflift. Yep. And and Pete Parada. Yes. Uh, it's first uh, record for Pete Parada. Um, the Devil You Know, God is a Man, released as a single and appeared on the movie soundtrack for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Pretty cool. Uh, this album was a departure from their previous pop punk slash skate punk sound uh, and leaned far more into that late 90s alt rock. Um, As for a long time, excuse me, and for a long time, the band refused to play any of the album live. Uh, In 2012, they had a change of heart uh, and toured on the, the album playing the whole thing acoustically. To be honest, I like it way more than I had anticipated. I I think they had, they did a great job of encompassing that late 90s alt sound and I'm surprised they didn't get more serious radio play out of songs like um, Heart of Hearts and The Devil You Know, God is a Man. Um, seriously, put this band on, on tour with Everclear and or the Goo Goo Dolls and they would have had a completely different life <laughs> from this point forward. But totally. I think that they got a little pigeonholed for having been a punk rock band and I think... Um, Things, things like that were out of their control. They tried to do something different and people just weren't picking it up um, and it's too bad. I also really dig the track uh, Apathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check that out. What do you think, Frank? This is a critical point for the band and I actually feel legit bad for them. Uh, Trevor stated, and I'm going to be paraphrasing here, that they put so much time and effort into this record. They're very meticulous with the songwriting and the production, and they were so very proud of it. Uh, I mean, Overcome, Burden, Everyone Hates It, Know It All. Seriously, man, these aren't bad tracks, right? Uh, then they released it, and Trevor stated, you hated it. And he was very disappointed, and I don't blame him. I mean, it's not like they delivered us shit on a platter, right? Sure, it was different, but the reaction from the fans, man, really put the band, I think, in a bad spot professionally. Uh, Keith also um, submitted the song, The Devil You Know, God is a Man, great song, by the way, to the radio station, and they gave him shit. And uh, he was like, okay, guys, I, I give up. So I'm saying to you fans at the time, screw you guys. Um <laughs> It's not a bad record. It's really not. And especially as you're going to see, as we keep progressing here uh, in retrospect, ignorance is, is bliss is a good record. So obviously, well, how do they react to that? Mark, guess what they call the next record? Uh, 
I don't know. It sounds like they picked something really re- reactionary. <laughs> Reaction, right? Exactly, reactionary. Uh, so that was released on June six, two thousand, on Vagrant. Right? Remember Vagrant? Um, yeah. So Trevor Keith, Chad Yarrow, Scott Shiflett, Pete Parada. The fans decided on which songs ended up on the final version of the album. Uh, a, po- a, a poll. Could you imagine? Just on a side note, a poll on the internet in two thousand, like what that must have looked like. I don't. Even, yeah. I mean, nowadays they would text, you know, the fans or you know, do something. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm, yeah. yeah. So last record with Chad Yarrow. Um, disappointed. Not in the album. The sing- The song was released as a single. All right. So as a reaction to ignorance is bliss. Uh, some songs have a classic face to face sound, and others. Show some slower temples, uh, temples, haha, <laughs> tempos. I feel like at this point, uh, there's a checked out or exhausted feeling with them. And again, I don't blame them. I would find it extremely hard to revert back to something just to please a group of people. I'd like disappointment, uh, best offense, but outside of that, I'm going to be honest with you. There isn't much here. I remember this uh, being in a $2 bin new at a music store in the mall back in the day when they used to have them. And I understand why. So. Yeah. I mean, here's a clear-cut case proving that fans don't always know what they want because uh, this record was, well, as a title track suggests, a, a disappointment. Um, and from uh, Out of Focus seems to describe the band as they were struggling to find the confidence to put a record together that they believed in. You really just don't feel like the band believed in this record. Um, that's enough using the album's own title tracks against it. Um <laughs> The band sounds uh, good. The production is really good, but the songs don't match up with it. Um, and, and it's clear that the band isn't feeling the songs the way they did before, um, especially compared to the previous effort. You really can hear that the band was trying, knew what they were doing and were focused on it. And here it just feels like they're, they're putting together. I think you described it perfectly. I wouldn't know how to, to try to get back in people's graces by getting back to do something. I'd feel so fucking slighted. Totally. Um, you know, despite its problems, there are some choice moments here, um, but they are few and far in between. Um, we're going to move right along. Um, what should have been the, the title of that album, How to Ruin Everything. <laughs> Released April 9th, 2002 uh, on Vagrant Records. Yep. Um, so uh, we're looking at the, the second of two uh, three-piece albums. This one's just Trevor Keith, Scott Shiflett, and Peter, Pete Parada. Um, first record since Don't Turn Away as a trio, also the last. Um, the New Way was released as a single. Um, the, the song The New Way was released as a single. Um, so we're back to that, that kind of pop punk skate punk that we all kind of came here for in the first place. Uh, you can hear the band's uh, commitment to that older style on display. This feels the most like the self-titled album to me in, in this period of the, of the band's career. Uh, the cutting lyrics, the breakneck guitar and drum speeds, um, the fun bouncing bass lines work very well for the band. And I dare say this might be their last awesome record. Um, my favorite tracks on this guy are Bill of Goods, Why Would I Lie, Unconditional, and Shoot the Moon. And because I don't want to, uh, excuse me, I don't want anyone to say uh, I let some bullshit slide. The title track at the end is is literal trash, um, and I really it it really doesn't serve the album in the way a title track should. It, it, I don't think it encompasses this record the way it really was meant to. Yeah. Um, but considering what we understand about the band now and how you know the fans had really turned their back on them, um, and they were still putting out a record for some reason this time as the three piece, it kind of makes sense man i just wish they would have left it out though because that sucks Uh, kind of ironic uh that they'd end an otherwise you know potentially classic album on such a a dud um should have called the album double standard um a better track by a mile uh, and encompasses the album's themes in a much more direct way Uh, i think it was a missed opportunity and uh and really just not a good name unless they were just trying to pay homage to uh the descendants with everything sucks but i don't yeah that would have just come out so I yeah 
Hey, you never know. Absolutely. And and I remember Mark back in the uh we used to lug around our CD cases back in the day, and this is the mm-hmm. one you had, and and I yep. remember us uh talking about it and and I liked it. Uh Parada and uh Shiflet uh really smoke as the rhythm section here. I mean, it, it's pop punk, skate punk, and uh, some rock and roll. The new way uh, sounds really good loud. I mean, Keith's vocals are on point. It's like a revitalization uh, for the record. And that's what we got of wolves and sheep's clothing. I mean, come on, man, this tells us about the frustration with the music industry tracks like Wayne to be saved. Give us that classic face to face sound. There's some misses on here, as you pointed out. Absolutely. Uh, but overall, Hey, I enjoy this record. I really do. Um, so here we are now in 2003, the band takes a temporary hiatus, which I remember being bummed about. I remember us talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And the following year, they announced uh, it would be permanent, uh, which uh, we all know never really is at the end of the day. <laughs> so fast forward now, five years, 2008, the band announced it would be reuniting for some select shows. Drummer Pete Parada moved on to now being the Offspring's drummer, and was, he was replaced by Danny Thompson from the band Uprising. Oh, I thought he was one of the Thompson twins. Maybe both of them. (laughs) So here we now are now, 2011. And Mark, I'm laughing now, but are we laughing later? That's something we're not. No, we're not. So (laughs) May 17th, 2011 on Antagonist Records. Here are the facts. Trevor Keith, Chad Yarrow, Scott Shiflett, Danny Thompson. First record in nine years. It's not about you released as a single. When I first heard the first track, Should Anything Go Wrong? I was like, yes, yes, face to face is back. Uh, then I heard every other track and I'm like, not feeling this like at all. Uh, it's hard to get through, actually, this record. I, I guess you take what you could get here. Most of us were just stoked to have the band back. Uh, I think it's super inconsistent. It makes Reactionary look like it had a solid plan of structure. Uh, I don't mind the song Under the Wreckage as well, but I don't know how often I'm going to be coming back to this record, uh, Mark. Yeah, Frank, that that record was so hard to listen to that I couldn't. I really, I genuinely, it took me like a whole day to listen to it one time. It was it was really painful. Um, so in April 9th of twenty thirteen, we get an, a little record called Three Chords and a Half Truth, also on Antagonist. Yeah. Um, same lineup, uh, features more of a mid tempo and kind of classic punk sound. Um, Right as Rain was released as a single. Um, you know, speaking of difficult <laughs> to listen uh, to, this might be the lowest of low points uh, of the band's catalog for me. The opening track is laughable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome back to nothing. Um, this was a wasted opportunity. Uh, excuse me, that's the, the name of the opening track. Uh, Welcome back to nothing. It, it's a wasted opportunity for an opening track that delivers on on just that or excuse me no the opening track um is one two three drop or drop one two three something terrible you should have started with welcome back to nothing but that song is not that good either um and don't start me um on the need to say right as rain 900 times during the song which sounds like they stole three chords from a cheesy country tune um and and thanks to frank i know that the music is from uh social d's uh making believe yeah because uh, I was freaking out. I was like, dude, what is this? Why does this sound I like know, it was driving you crazy. <laughs> it, it's make-believe from Social Distortion. I was like, holy crap. Why would you do that? Track four is called First Step, Misstep. Sounds like they they stole the music from Green Day's uh, Taking a Walk. Hitching a Ride. Hitching a Ride, there we go. Um, and, and why not use a track with a name like that as the opener? Because that would have at least... It, at least it would have been the first song. There were so many tracks on this where you're like, oh, that's the title of an opener for the album. You should have right. And it drove me fucking bonkers. Um, y- you know what? Why not use those songs as the openers? Well, because they all suck. Um, that's why. But that didn't stop them from putting it on this record I, or, or any of these songs. They're, they're terrible. Um, I tried to find something nice to say about this record. I, I guess the production is pretty good. Frank? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if the fans thought ignorance was bad, whew, oh boy, we, we mm-hmm. got a treat for you. Everyone I mean, for. yeah, I mean, Right as Rain is making believe um, from Social D somewhere between heaven and hell. And I know that was a cover, um, but Much I don't, job. right, and I don't know why there was any, how are there no songwriting credits thrown towards Jimmy work who originally wrote the song or even social D for the arrangement. I mean, it's that blatant. Like I, I, 
that boggles my mind. Um, here it seems like they're trying to mi mix the class social D and like Wilco together and halfway in between figuring out they couldn't do it. They just gave up. Like that's, that's kind of what I was gathering. Um, I, I don't mind the song actually smokestacks and sky skyscrapers, but in the context of this album, it's a mess. And again, I, I feel for them because they tried something different again. Um, and obviously it didn't work. Now, granted, this is a way different scenario than Ignorance because Ignorance, again, you could look back, you could listen to this record and then you go to Ignorance and you're like, well, Ignorance is amazing. So <laughs> I, I got to interject there. At least Please. Ignorance, they were, they were trying something completely different. Yes. This was just like, well, we're going to do the old formula again, but we just don't have the gas in the gas tank to get us there. So we're, we're just going to coast as far as we can. Thank you. It, it just... I, I would appreciate trying something different. Right. Which is what you got on ignorance. Yes. Right. And, and I really like Trevor and I like the effort he makes. I like the songs he writes. Usually this one, it, it just is so painful. Yeah. Like I feel bad for him saying that. Like, I don't I know. know the guy. I don't owe him anything. I want this to be a better record for him because I know he can write better. Yeah. Records. Yeah. That's so true. So true. So now we're in 2015, right? And the band signs with Fat Records, uh, hey. which is crazy because you would have thought all this time like that would have been a vital part of their uh, you know, releasing strategy. But, you know, they finally signed with Fat Records and they're heading to the old blasting room to record this record, Mark Protection. So released March uh, 4th, 2016. So we get Trevor Keith, uh, Dennis Hill, Scott Shiflett and Danny Thompson. Uh, it's a return to Fat Records because they had the re-release of Don't Turn Away, uh, Bend But Not Broken, and Double Cross to release as the singles. And, of course, as I said, recorded in the Blasting Room and produced by Mr. Bill Stevenson. So, listen, it's not mind-blowing, but but it's not the past two records. And at this point, that's important. Um, I like the modern production and the tracks Bend Not Broken, See If I Care, and Say What You Want. They give the band a classic feel, but in a modern way. Listen, I'm not saying by any means it's their best effort, but way more solid than the previous releases. Mark? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like, look, they're clearly trying to bring back the sound we don't hate, which is awesome. Um, and for the most part, they, they, they nailed it. Uh, I really dig Bend But Not Broken as the opener um, and the next few tracks really carry on uh, as you'd hope the album uh, would. And then it, it just slowly starts to lose a little steam as you get to the B side and, and ends yeah. pretty much without any fanfare. Um, but still overall a better record than the last two for sure. It definitely, it almost has a quality of like, these were what was left over from every, uh, how to ruin everything. Yeah. And somebody just went ahead and let them <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's still it still is going to rank higher than those last two albums just because at least it felt like they were trying yeah i'm with you on that yeah so uh we've actually we're turning a corner here and we're looking at uh, july 27th 2018 fat records releases another album hold fast acoustic sessions um so we get uh trevor keith dennis hill scott shiflett uh and danny thompson uh, 10 acoustic versions of popular face-to-face -face songs covering seven of the nine traditional studio albums. Um, it, you know, this would be technically their 10th. So it was the nine before that. So seven of the nine. Anyways, um, I was really taken back by how good this is. Yeah. It sounds fucking great. Um, punk rock doesn't always translate well to acoustic um, sessions, but but they did a really good job of not just playing the songs on an acoustic guitar, but rather reimagining uh, the songs so that the whole band could play a part and treat the songs as a new musical idea, even playing uh, a few of them as borderline kind of country tunes. And I, I think it kind of pays off for them. Um, they clearly stuck with the hits. Um, I would have liked a few more uh, deep tracks here, uh, but I like that they kept it short and to the point. They didn't really give us room to fuck it up. Frank, what other tracks would you have liked to see here? My picks would have been You Lied. Good one. A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Oh, fantastic. And and what I think is probably one of the most underrated songs they wrote, Double Standard. Yeah, that's great. Great. And I'll, and I'll get to what I feel uh, 
what I would have liked to have seen. Um, and I was really impressed by this too. I, I thought it would be like corny, you know, uh, I thought it would be like, Hey, this is now a punk band doing an acoustic album and it wouldn't work, but it did. It did. You get the fan favorites. The acoustic guitars sound really super clean and super bright. Trevor's vocals. Uh, they're fantastic here. And we get some, like you said, full on country vibes uh, with the, with the actual song. Don't turn away, which is great. It's a fun way to re-experience some classic face to face songs. So to answer your question, Mark, some tracks I would have liked to have seen, would have been i won't lie down uh you've got a problem from don't turn away and and actually overcome from uh ignorance is bliss so um i think that would have been really 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 cool now mark there's there's actually four other records we need to talk about so they're not proper but we have two live records and then we have two uh, cover records so um if we don't mind uh, i'll dive into live and the live and the dive um so they have two live albums, right? The first one's pretty cool as it covers their uh, songs from the first three records. We get a lot of goodness from Don't Turn Away, self-titled, and we get a social D cover telling them, which really displays similarities at, at, at times. Like I know, and you know, thinking about them face to face is a faster kind of style punk band and social D's that crossover. Um, but I don't know, like maybe it's just me in the back of my head thinking that, you know, Mike Ness is a, is a parent too <laughs> to Trevor Keith. Maybe that's why. <laughs> listen, it's a good listen. Uh, you get pastel, you get I'm trying. They sound fantastic live. And then we have the live in the dive series that sounds great. Um, it's weird though, as it only has 12 tracks. Yeah, you know, the cool thing about the live in the dive series is that they represent a live show with the extension of a nice big set. Uh, so it threw me off with the 12 tracks. However, listen, it sounds good. Uh, they play some cool tracks like Bill of Goods and No Authority. Uh, Mark, before you get into standards and practices, anything quick you want to say on the live records? Uh, well, I agree with you. I think that Social Distortion cover really does a good job of showing the influence uh, Social Distortion clearly had on them as a band. Um, you know, especially it, it's funny if you watch that face to face documentary they made back in 2016. Um, he talks about how the, the influences they had and, and what was going on when they were in that metal band how metal was kind of boring um, because it was all about like pyramids and shit. And they wanted, <laughs> wanted music that was grabbing them a little more. And that music was punk rock. And um, it's clear social distortion played a, a big part in that, um, that process. Um, plus, you know, I really liked the live and a dive in that it, it gave us 12 really tight and concise performances. Um, and they, they didn't do anything to mess it up by, um, by trying to do too much, you know, like I, I absolutely adore the swing and utters live in a dive. It's like 75 tracks. I know. <laughs> and lag, lag wagon's pretty big. Lag wagon's yeah. pretty big too. Lag wagon's but... like 120 tracks. Like <laughs> you know, this was a good, like, we don't need to cover our entire career. Let's, let's show the kids what it would be like to see face to face now. Yeah. Quick, punchy. This is what you guys came for. And the sound is great on that record too. Yeah. And really the, the sound on both records is really actually very good. Yeah. Um, so um, standards and practices one and two. Um, the standards and practices series are actually pretty cool. I like the band new enough to poke fun uh, at doing a cover album uh, the way they did by naming it standards and practices. Right. That said, there are some really cool choices of covers on here uh, on, on both of them, really, because they, they didn't choose standards. Right. They didn't do the cliche stuff you would expect them to. Although there are some that you might consider like, well, that's kind of a punk rock stand, but, um, <laughs> you know, and plus each of, when you go back and look at the, the remastered and the, you know, the bonus tracks on all the regular albums, there's a ton of covers mixed in there. So the fact that these stood alone, um, is actually pretty cool. Um, you know, my favorite from volume one are going to be songs like, uh, sunny side of the street, the Pope song. So good. Um, the KKK took my baby away by the Ramones. Yep. Fugazi's classic merchandise. Um, you know, volume two is, is just as uh, eclectic and, and pretty fun. Um, although I like the sound on the first one a little bit better. This one felt a little bit more uh, intentionally sounding one way or the other. Um, but I think it was a pretty cool choice. You know, you get uh, Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros, uh, one of Frank and I's favorite uh, records uh, and the song Coma Girl. Yes. Street Board. The Jam's Private Hell is awesome. Yeah. Um, but then you get them doing Joan Jett's uh, Bad Reputation and even The Clash's Tommy Gun, right? Clearly not The Clash's biggest hit, but really well done, really well 
uh, respected the way they did it. And of course, Devo's Whip It. I mean, like it, it's a little corny, it's a little cheesy, but it's Devo, it's Whip It. it it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fun mix of tunes. Um, and they're really done with a great deal of respect um, while still having a lot of fun with it. And that's, that's what punk rock covers are about, right? Like, it's just kind of having that fun. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you get some really good covers. I mean, on volume one, I know you mentioned these two already, but Sunny Side of the Street sounds great. Merchandise. Uh, I mean, they do that. They, they even made that song even more aggressive which it's aggressive already which is great volume two is awesome too like even songs like in a big country which everyone knows by big country they do that well and my one of my personal favorites a million miles away from the plimsolls um i i tell you what uh, they really really do that song and a lot of bands cover that song because it's a a popular kind of cult favorite song it was in valley girl and with nicholas cage and you know the, they're the band that the punk club he takes them to so a lot of people are like kind of into that but they really do a nice job with that song man yeah. um so yeah great 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 listens definitely check them out well, well mark uh you know like we've done in the spotlights before with rancid and fugazi you, you ready to rank these albums absolutely why don't you kick us off give us your top or not not your top 10 give us the uh the the 10 studio albums Yep. Um, in, yep. in your order of uh, least favorite to most fucking awesome. You got it, man. All right. So number 10 is three craps and a half effort. Ugh. I know. No, it's three chords and a half truth. Yep. Uh, listen, man, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's it's just not good. It's just not yeah. good. There's nothing more I can say about that. Uh, the, um, the album that came out before that is number nine on my list, which is Laugh Now, um, Laugh yeah. Later. Again, the first track is great. Uh, I don't know what they're doing after that. I really don't know. And I know it's been a while since they've been back, um, but I, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, yeah. Number eight, reactionary, uh, you know, mostly because the inconsistencies, they let the fans decide they, they really got pushed. And I don't want to use this word, but bullied into the corner by the fans. So they had to make that one. Uh, it just, it, you know, it didn't flow well for me. A couple good songs, disappointed. Um, that's it really number seven protection uh, i think it's the best of the later proper studio albums um you know hopefully they build off of that and you know at the, they're at the point in the career where they really i'm assuming don't need to do anything but what they've done before um but let's see where it goes you know if we get another one from fat wreck that uh, is kind of similar to that and it's still good quality songs and we're getting those i'll be happy uh number six is hold fast like you said mark definitely surprised by the acoustic album uh again i thought it was just gonna be a corny corny punk acoustic album but uh pretty good um how to ruin everything number five i think there's a lot of stuff in here yes i would not the title track i could completely do without but i mean again the new way wolf and sheep's clothing bill of goods waiting to be saved really good stuff here this is where it gets a little tricky okay and and i love all these albums actually i love five really on on uh on down uh but four i'm putting ignorance is bliss for number four here <laughs> go back listen to it people it's not as bad as you think uh yes it's not you know there are some it's not a punk rock record. right it's not a punk rock record and you have to have that mindset while you're while you're listening to it uh but there's some really well thought out tracks on here not every track is going to be great too but if um you know if you're a fan of the band and if you appreciate them in their career definitely listen to that number three is big choice great record fate uh you know front to back um number two is don't turn away i think it's one of the classic debut punk records of the 90s i mean for that to be their first record pretty impressive number one no surprise self-titled it, it's it's flawless it's really good what about yeah. you mark yeah so frank and i do have a lot of uh, a lot of twinsy moments here in fact uh 10 9 and 8 uh three lies and a half a bag of shit uh, <laughs> number nine laugh now i'm crying later uh three was reactionary uh at seven i put ignorance is bliss sure. um it just, it didn't connect for me. Um, there's a lot of things about it that I just um, didn't love, um, but it's not a bad record. It just, it, it doesn't fit as well for me as the others. Uh, six is going to be protection. I really like this comeback. Um, it, it feels classic, but of course, like I said, that that B side falls a little short. Um, at five, uh, just like Frank, hold fast, the, uh, the acoustic session really just like the choices they made the with the adaptations if you will really well done um all the vocal performances match it perfectly um you know you're not getting that situation where 
it's just some punk hammer and acoustic guitar and screaming at the top of his lungs. They've really made some smart choices on it and it pays off. Um, this is where things will get mixed up a little bit for me and Frank. At number yeah. four, I have Big Choice. Um, I like Big Choice. You know, uh, if you go back and watch that documentary, they talk about this being their major label debut. They didn't want it to sound major label, so they kind of rushed through it. Um, and you kind of get that in the sound of it. Um, however, the songwriting is still fantastic. Um, there's still some really choice, choice, choice tracks on there. Um, and and I, I love that record too. I'm yeah. with you from five down. I love all of these. Right, things. absolutely. Uh, number three is How to Ruin Everything for Me. This was the, the album that really I fell in love with face-to-face with, um, except for that fucking track at the end. <laughs> Garbage. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I want to like you more, but that song sucks. Anyways, um, number two. Uh, Frank and I are going to match back up for the last ones here. Don't turn around. Uh, Frank described it. It's probably one of uh, the best debut punk rock records of the 90s. Um, just really fantastic. And then the first, uh, number one, is, uh, is the self-titled Face to Face album. I really feel like they really had the idea of what they wanted to sound like. They knew what they were doing. Um, and the, the chemistry in that room was, was perfect. It's, it's the Face to Face record you want. And it's one of those moments... Uh, with rock and roll in general, Frank, where I really feel like a band had the balls to be like, this is our our seminal work. This is so much who we are as a band that we will name this record after ourselves because yep. this is our defining moment. And I really feel they pulled it off. And it, and it speaks perfectly to that. If you're, if you're in a band and you're listening to this podcast, if you hear anything I say, if your self-titled fucking album doesn't totally fucking rip, call it something else. If Thank it's you. not, if it's not a, a a pivotal moment, if it is not the staple of your band's career, call it anything else. Putting that label on it yep. is going to tie that record to you forever. Yeah. You know what? Say what you want about ignorance is bliss or protection or how to ruin everything or re- reactionary. Laugh now, laugh later. You will forget those records. You know what you won't forget? Face to face is self-titled fucking record. Yep. Because it's on point. And and your band, uh, you know, Jimmy's Chicken Shack, you're always gonna remember that the Jimmy Chicken Shack self-titled album was garbage. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell you if that was the name of their record or not. Um, I'm just using that as an example. But really think about yeah. when you decide you're gonna put that stamp on it. You know, like it worked for Sublime. A, because that dude died and they probably couldn't agree on what's the name of the book, <laughs> right? Because it got released after Bradley Knoll's death. Right. Uh, and there's actually an interesting story um, that is on the documentary where they're talking about um, Sublime's Santeria got leaked the same day one of their songs got re- got leaked off of um, off the self-titled album. Oh, really? Um, and what, what A&M did for Sublime was push up the release of the record to capitalize on the fact that, that K-Rock was blowing up this record and what face to Face's terrible record company did oh. was tell the radio station, stop playing that the record doesn't come out for a month and oh. tank all the momentum that the song had because it was getting all this great airplay. It was don't lie. Da- um, don't Disconnected. Lie oh, I, I won't lie down. I won't lie down. It was, yeah, I won't lie down. And it was just like <sighs> this ability to have this momentum that just got. And then of course, what happens a radio station like K rock out in LA that has all this influence, all this sway. Now they're not interested. They, right. They've been told not to play this band's record. And you, you shot the band in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. I so. mean, you, you bring up so much right there, especially with the self-titled. I mean, you, you know, a lot of times I think bands will just name it because they're like, oh, well, we haven't had a self-titled yet. So I, I think it's time and I don't know what else to name it. Uh-uh, wrong idea. If oh. you look at the classic self-titled records, whether it be intentional or not, like the Beatles' White Album, yes, I know everyone calls it the White Album. I think it was self-titled for a reason, right? Self-titled for a reason. Unless you're releasing Van Halen 1. Right, right, exactly. Uh, what about The Clash, the, their first record in 77? Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, Metallica, right? Ninety one, uh, the Black Album, the first Weezer record. Um, well, most of the Weezer records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. They use it as a gimmick, right? right. And, and we get that. And now we just call them whatever the goddamn color of the record is, and like, and, right. and it makes sense for them. But well, be thoughtful, right? Right. 
Right. There's some thought title, between it. Right. Absolutely. Title tracks, self-titled things. Make sure that you're representing, right? Like if you came here and we're like this, this podcast called check out this record. And we started talking about fucking movies. You're like, what are these assholes talking Thank, about? Absolutely. Right. I mean, in fairness, most of you say, what are these assholes talking about? And you're not wrong, but we're right. talking about music and you, you signed up for a music podcast. You're going to get two fat guys on the internet. Well, at least one fat guy on the internet. <laughs> who's going to talk about music and you get a randomly handsome guy like Frank, who's like saying sensible things about music. And you know, that's, that's what you signed up for. Whether you agree with our opinions or not, right? that's up to you. And if you're willing to fucking talk shit on the internet, be willing Back. to reply to our comments because if, if we don't like something that you liked and you tell us that we're fucking idiots for not liking it, <laughs> we're gonna what you liked about it. And then you're not going to answer. And you look like the dickhead dickhead. Yeah. 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 Hey, Sorry, listen. Well, no, it's okay, man. We'll converse with it. I'm side note, we'll converse with anyone. Uh yeah. just you know, if we ask a question though, I, I would love to to hear the thoughts because it may yeah. make us think about things in a different way or or whatever the case is. Um, but yeah, absolutely. But with the self-titled stuff, you have to be precise. You have to be thoughtful with it. You know, I write 10 songs tomorrow and I go under Frank Di Maria because I'm just a guy with an acoustic guitar and I name the thing Frank Di Maria. Uh, I would think if I gave it to Mark, he would be like, listen, mm, wow, you, you, know. you, uh, you said your whole name on the Internet twice. Oh, boy. Yeah, you got to go back and edit that. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. <laughs> Final thoughts, Frank. And final thoughts. Okay. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Um, I've always viewed the band face to face as like a, a tier two second shelf kind of nineties West coast punk band. And I still feel that way. Um, their first four releases. Yes. First four, very solid. And, and I think they suffer from the unfortunate circumstance of uh, conflict with their label and conflict with the fans and and i feel for them and i feel that they weren't able to progress to the point where they couldn't even acknowledge a record for a certain period of time um now listen you know if it didn't over the years establish a cult following then okay then you have something to say about that but it did and those same fans started liking it um maybe they grew up for sure and appreciated the record's reflective nature Whatever the half, whatever the case is, I think that's a pivotal moment for the band. Um, the back half of the catalog is filled with the same, um, but well, I'm sorry, with some misfires um, for sure. But beyond that, um, listen, I'm happy overall that they're still together and playing music. Uh, they aren't a life changing band in regards to you know lyrics, and they're not going to make you overly expand your mind um, or where the music is going to make you wonder, man, how did they do that? But that's okay. Uh, they're a very accessible band, and you can play them no matter what mood you're in. Tracks like Disconnected and I Won't Lie Down to me are timeless uh, punk tracks, um, and they'll always bring a smile to my face. What, what about you, Mark? So uh, first, I want to thank Frank for suggesting we do this because I, I really had a great time getting into the catalog. Um, there are those who will tell you uh, playing punk rock is a, is a young man's game, and once you hit a certain age, you just can't be punk anymore. Um, and maybe uh, for a time, you know, that, that was true. Um, I don't think that applies uh, to a band like Face to Face. I'll agree that the bulk of their best work came from their, their uh, days when they were young and hungry. Uh, dare I say, when they were pissed off teenagers, um, as I described them before, as that kind of pissed off teenager uh, anthem there for a while. Uh, very angry. Very angry. Uh, <laughs> however, they, they took some chances and did, um, did so with their hearts uh, quite literally on their sleeves. Um, for that alone, I give them a, a lot of credit. Um, that said, uh, yeah, the back half of that catalog got pretty cheesy and cliche, um, but they still managed to come back with a, with a pretty cool album before their last, uh, you know, for their last kind of traditional studio album. Um, you know, despite how bad laugh now and laugh later and three chords and fuck that record are um and and they are bad i i i i don't want to say that to trevor because he seems like a sensitive dude Those yeah records are bad um i don't want anyone to say i gave him a pass those two records are trash with the exception of maybe like three songs um otherwise you know they have a pretty earnest catalog that while it 
has its faults, still has these wonderful shining moments that are incredibly human and relatable. And I think that's why people are so passionate about bands, especially bands like Face to Face. Maybe these records won't change your life, but they will confirm that you're not alone in a world that otherwise isn't paying attention to the outcasts of a punk rock music scene. Um, I'm kind of hoping we get another face-to-face record. Yeah. What do you think, Frank? You 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 want another one? Uh, I I would take one absolutely. May, maybe uh, when was the last one released again? Protection was 2016. 16, and the 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 acoustic album was what this past year, right? Or no, 2018. I I, I would take one absolutely. I mean, listen, if they come down and uh, you know we see them uh you know if they come to our town and you know they play i would love to see them um sure. yeah i would take a new album i would and I, and I would listen to it and i'd be down for that for sure i don't know if i'm pre-ordering it though if I'm, no if I'm no, no honest no pre-order is going to be a trick like you gotta I, I need a really good single with it yeah with totally. pre-order form but, but i am gonna seek the uh self-titled on vinyl so oh yeah. yeah, I'd be interested to see how many vinyl releases they actually have. I, I'll be honest with you, I really haven't looked, yeah. um, but it would be interesting because absolutely, I, I'd, I'd definitely pick a few of those up for sure. For the sure. First, yeah, yeah. If not the first four and six, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, Nelly, Mark, what an episode that was. And we're going to kind of continue uh, a little bit um, as far as genre and geographic uh, location. So why don't you tell us what we have up next, Haas? I literally flipped a coin to pick <laughs> a uh, choice, bud. Um, and you know what they say. Uh, kids don't like to share, Frank. And <laughs> they don't. Why? Uh, unless we're talking about uh, my feelings on Lagwagon's 1995 masterpiece, Hoss. Hoss. Yeah. We're going to talk about our feelings about Hoss. About Hoss. Yeah. <laughs> Man, listen, if we had to make a list of favorite bands, you know, Lagwagon is going to be in my list. And I think yours too, Mark. Um, this is our third record, Hoss. Uh, I'm amped to talk about these tracks. Um, they're, they're just so good. And I think there's not a bad lag wagon record in the bunch. It's not a spotlight episode, but it's highlighting a really pivotal record in their catalog. Uh, Haas. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. Mark, what about you? Yeah, no, this, um, this was a really cool moment in punk rock for me. I remember somebody putting on a uh, violin. Yes. And, and I went, Whoa, whoa yeah. what's happening here. They're they're serious when they want to be serious. They're silly when they want to be silly. The lyrics, oh, yeah. Some of the the, the lyrics will make Frank cry. Yes. Um, you know, there's just really some some really great great tracks on here um, that have served the band fantastically well. Some that they I think probably will, will never play again. Um, but it, it's one of those great things about you know, 1995, the silliness that was oh. rock at that time, what people accepted um, in terms of their mainstream music and, and what the underground wanted to do and wanted to say. I think Lagwagon's that great example of why, despite as stupid as the 90s were, why they were so awesome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, can't wait to talk about them. Can't wait to talk about them. So is everyone... I, uh... As always, everyone, I hope uh, you all enjoyed listening to our episode. Uh, drop us a line. Like, I liked it or not. <laughs> like a comment. Let us know. Um, well, let us know what you think about uh, just uh, what what records you like overall with Face to Face and uh, which ones you may not like or just anything you want to say overall about them. Let us know. Um, let us know what records you want us to review. As always, I thank you, as does Mark, for listening. And uh, stay safe out there. Bye-bye. Ha, 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 ha.